Hello and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. Oh, that makes me Mike. Yeah, it does. Why do you got to yeah. do that every time? Because you love it. You have that smirk on your face. Come over there and slap it off. Ooh. We have we have a couple guests tonight from the podcast, The Stoned Witches Hour. We have Layla and Shell. Hello, guys. Hi, I'm Hi. Layla. And I'm Shell. Welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about the Stoned Witches Hour. Well, we're we're kind of similar to to you and Mike. We are two best friends. We've been best friends for pushing 30 years. Um, we always are chatty talkers. We talk about ghosts, paranormal. We we've done this just hanging out in our houses. Um, we are both involved in the the witchcraft paganism scene and we both like to smoke marijuana and with with me on the east coast now and Layla on the west coast we thought doing a podcast would be a great way for us to talk about the stuff we always talk about still stay connected on opposite coasts and we've had people tell us that we're just fun to listen to so we think figured we'd let the world listen in on fun conversations with Shell and Layla Right on. I agree with that. Yeah. Right on. You guys are fun to listen to. Yeah. It's fun to uh, talk to you. you guys. I think that was the strangest part for me because this legit was an excuse to uh, hang out with my best friend who is now on a completely opposite coast, pretty much as opposite as you can get. And like she said, hang out, do what we've always done, smoke mass quantities and uh, talk about paranormal and true crime and just whatever the hell is going on at the time. Mm. Layla just doesn't have to yell at me that I'm camping on the bowl anymore. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Would you pass that shit? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I, in, I'm a I'm holder too. too. I'm, I'm a, a holder. I've always got the bowl. And I'm like, did you hand it? Oh, sorry. I got into a conversation <laughs> and forgot myself again. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always, okay. the, I'm always the one that has the missing lighter. Got it. Got yeah. it. I have. Well, I'm a I'm also a cigarette smoker, unfortunately, and I probably go through a lighter a month. I am as well. <laughs> no, I never and smoke you know, cigarettes. And That's then you never know been my thing. Tom and I must have a similar issue. You have to have a smoke and weed lighter, and then you have to have a cigarette lighter. Because right. when you go to work when you go to work, you can't have those burn marks on the lighter that you're right. taking to work. Right, right. Yeah. That <laughs> telltale advice. that telltale sign or the smudge of resin on the, on the edge. bottom corner. Yeah, yeah, on the bottom corner. Yep. Yep. I I always attend attest that if somebody I, this is a little bull piece here for my bong. And uh, I sometimes will tamp it out underneath the, the desk. Like I'll press it so it doesn't get any oxygen. And I'm sure if I look down there, there's all these little scorch marks. Scorch marks. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't yeah. want to screw up my lighter because I like the design on it. You know, got to nice cigarette. Like. That, that's got to be your cigarette lighter then. Yeah. Yeah. Do you the guys. struggle is real. Do you guys ever, ever, <laughs> have you guys ever experimented with dry herb vaping? I have. I don't like it. I don't like the taste of it. I couldn't get, I, I used it for a while and I just don't feel like I got the same kind of effect. 
I can't get past the fact that after you've smoked it all and it's pretty much done, it is still green. Like visually, I can't grasp that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might not be cooking it hot enough, but uh, the good thing about that stuff is it does get you high and you can bake with the remains because it's deoxycarbolated at that point. So you can actually, um, it's the same as cooking it, you know? So you, you, you know, you deoxy it in the, in the oven, you bake it for so long and that breaks down the, the THC so that it's edible. True. But you, you deoxycarbolate at a lower temperature and you, you tend to vape usually at a higher temperature where you're going to be burning off that THC and that's what mm. you're breathing in. So when you, when you put it in the oven at like 165 or 145. Shortly after recording this episode, Layla emailed me to state the following. My brain reminded me around 3 a.m. that I told you the wrong temperature for decarbing weed. The temp I gave was too low. You should decarb it around three, 230 to 250 Fahrenheit. Height. Still quite a bit lower than the 350 plus recommended for dry vaping, but what I said was much too low for decarbing. I just didn't want to leave that dangling. Probably not a big deal, but I'd rather fess up to the mistake than having you put bad info out there. You're 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 doing it at a much lower temperature. So basically oh. you're activating the THC. You're not actually releasing the THC. Whereas if you're vaping it, you should be doing it at a high enough temperature that the THC comes into the smoke. Gotcha. Slightly different. So I guess that explains why the cooking I've done with my leftovers hasn't been that potent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because there is, you're exactly right. There is some left and cooking with it. Fabulous way to use the rest of it. Um, You know, if you have some way to get a little bit of butter out of it, it's not going to be very potent, but it is a way to use it uh, to use what's left. Yeah. I, I find, I find edibles a little unpleasant. Honestly, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't feel like I have as much control. I don't like couch lock. I'm much more of a, of a heady cerebral sativa or sativa hybrid mm-hmm. kind of person. And uh, I, I, I find that that edibles sort of make me feel clumsy and 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 sort of the vibration is off, you know, like. And my hands feel fuzzy mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I just don't like that feeling at all. It it's sounds like you've had a little bit too high of a dose and also maybe. just the edibles might not be for you. I mean, it's yeah. definitely a different high and some yeah. it's, it's better for different things. Um, I like edibles better for um, when I have pain, physical pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they tend to work a little better for me or high dose um, uh, dab oils also do the same thing but yeah mm-hmm. so edibles tend to work really great for physical pain i'll tell you I edibles don't, are i don't ones- like edibles I, I i really don't i don't feel like and and you know maybe it's that old-fashioned stoner in me um i don't get any bang for my buck out of edibles um yeah i haven't i haven't done store-bought you know dosed out like layla talks about i've done like buy from a friend down the street who made a bunch of rice krispie treats but I just, I don't feel like I get anything out of them. And, you know, Layla kind of tends to be the scientific and I don't want to say trendy smoker, but tries a lot of different stuff. And I'm kind of just a stuffing packet in a pipe and smoke it. Yeah. Simplicity. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so you're a minimalist in your approach. 
(laughs) She is to the point where she was so much of a minimalist. When I met her, she used to just grab a bud, pack it right in the bowl and smoke it. Didn't matter what was in it. Didn't care. Stuff it in a bowl. Smoke that shit right there. Seeds and stems and all. I I used to be a seed and stem smoker back in the day. Oh my (laughs) God. Yeah. That's so funny because Mike and I, before we move on to this, I wanted to comment, Layla, then that makes you the scientist. Because yeah, you're experimenting kind of. and trying things. So she's the yes. most, you're the scientist. Yes. But Mike and I were talking about this because as you noticed, Mike has been pretty quiet. And yes. that's he has very... you, guys, you guys are talking fucking rocket science as far as I'm concerned. I don't understand any of it. But we were talking about um, how Mike could add to the conversation. And I thought, well, <laughs> you could bring up middies. <laughs> Whatever happened to middies? That was what oh I was going to ask. <laughs> We were talking, we were talking about, about seeds the other day. <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah. I, I, I oh my gosh. <laughs> I have not heard that phrase in so long. So yeah. long. Stuff has names now. It didn't used to have names when we first started smoking. It, it, it was, was brickweed, dirt middies. And then the stuff that you get now is that super secret government shit is what they called it. It's like, oh man, yeah, you got to try this shit. My buddy gets it from the government or something right, like that. It's the XJ thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, and now, like everything is to that level of of yeah. potency. I want to smoke what what Snoop Dogg smokes. Me too. I would just love. I don't know if if maybe he just see one of the problems is that I smoke so much that I don't get like spectacularly high like I used to. Same. Yeah. Same. I've burned out Same. my dopamine receptors. It happens. You know, it's. I mean, I don't know if you can see my stash over I, here. I but... was noticing that. Yes. <laughs> well, what is um, Willie Nelson smoking? Because Willie Nelson is still high. What yes. is he smoking? I want that. I wanna, exactly. I would like to smoke that too. I didn't yeah. think that was your stash. I thought you were just really into canning. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, she's got she's got some pickles or something behind her there. Yeah, no, I'm just yes, kidding. I am the lady that cans her homegrown weed, so that's my store for, for a rainy day. <laughs> do you do you either of you grow your own? I do. Ah, nice. Yes. Yep. That's nice. my homegrown right there. That's your homegrown. It looks nice. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yep. nice. I unfortunately suffer from. I can only really keep cats and kids alive um oh she beyond, has had terrible beyond mm. cats and kids anything else that comes to me really comes to me to die yeah yeah i'm not very good with plants Layla's a horticulturist for sure no i have quite the garden i i grow quite a bit and uh i try to harvest about every six weeks oh wow so. oh wow and that right there is a typical harvest uh that's uh two so I don't harvests. grow a ton at a time. Yeah, I okay. grow four to six plants at a time. So, folks, we're looking at what? One, two, three. Wow. And she keeps on producing four, six, jars. Eight, ten, <laughs> Twelve jars. Twelve full-size uh, bell mason jars full of delicious-looking product. Absolutely gorgeous looking plant. Thank you. You're welcome. You, it's you should, it's you calming, actually. Proud. You talked about meditation and growing for me is, is a type of meditation. I, mm-hmm. I love to be in my garden, the the sunlight of it, just the act of being with it. And it, I know it sounds a little corny, but the plant itself is 
is soothing, is zen-like, just being around remember, it, growing it is a lot of fun. And it's very I remember calming. about 15 Big years that. ago, you were growing, and uh, in, in when I lived with you, um, maybe 20 years ago when I lived with you and you would mm-hmm. talk to, you would talk to your plants. Yeah. You would actually go down in your basement and have a damn conversation. And I'd be like, what the hell? Are-? She's like, no, you've got to talk to them and let them know they're loved. I'm like, <laughs> just grow that shit so I can smoke it. What do you mean? Love the plant. And I'm telling you, I don't know what she does, but she is the plant whisperer. <sighs> You know, I don't know if I'd go that far, <laughs> but thank you. You know, if you take it from a Gnostic point of view, everything is alive. Like everything is alive and has consciousness yes. on some level. Yes. I, I really do think that you, what you connect with, like on that level, uh, responds. And, and there's scientific proof to back that up. That's not just like spiritual mumbo jumbo for some of the people who are listening going to be like, ah, oh, man, Tom's just talking out his ass again. But, you know, um, <laughs> thanks, Mike. Love you too. <laughs> um, I just, I, I feel like when you connect with another life form um, of any kind, it impacts you as much as you impact it. It becomes a symbiotic relationship. Uh, one of the most profound versions of this is mushrooms for me, mm-hmm. um, or any kind of psychedelic, but mushrooms in particular. Um, I agree. They they just they put you in touch with something, and and it's intelligent, and it's it's ancient, and. It scares the living bejesus out of me. <laughs> I think it's also for a lot of people, it's benevolent. They it is you get in touch with you feel connected to so many things. You feel connected to yourself, you feel connected to other people, to the earth, to the universe. And they're doing studies now, which I talk a lot about the science that makes me really happy because they're they're studying mushrooms and how that type of trip can affect people. Right. And they're finding that it, it's very good for people for anxiety, for depression, and they have alleviated symptoms even a year after just one trip. Right. And that's the type of benefit that people can get from these things that we've we've made them illegal for so long and denied studying them for so long. It's just nice to now have them come into the light where they can really help people. And, you know, one, one interesting fun fact is, um, you know, they are starting to do some of these, these case studies and doing research into, to valid effects of things like mushrooms. Um, Here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, uh, there is actually a, town i don't think it's a city i think it's actually a town um outside of boston i'm not going to name the city because i don't need people like flocking there and having somebody blame me for it but they have actually <laughs> legalized uh in what this the fuck city. was that oh shit sorry you're okay to swear <laughs> no something like i think fell. my thing fell down yeah okay. something fell you That's can okay. legally buy mushrooms in this particular town mm. um outside of boston so that is kind of an interesting thing. I, I, I haven't looked into it. I don't know if you have to be a resident of the town to buy it or if just random folk can just drive there and stop at your local psychedelic mushroom store. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is a town in Massachusetts currently where you can legally buy mushrooms. Are you guys, Oregon. 
Are you guys familiar with MAPS, Multiple Disciplinary uh, Association for Psychedelic Studies? No. No. Uh, very cool group. Look into them. Um, that does sound cool. Uh, they do studies on mushrooms. They do studies on MDMA, uh, ibogaine. Um, all the fun drugs. All the fun. Well, yeah, I wouldn't call ibogaine fun. <laughs> no, maybe not that. <laughs> but it's been shown it's an ordeal class drug in terms of, of entheogens and that it's uh, not meant to necessarily hallucinate so much as to you go through a period of suffering so profound that when you get on the other side, you are just completely detoxed and hyper aware of what you've been doing with your life. And apparently using this drug once or twice under clinical settings can completely break an opiate addiction. Really? Completely. Wow. Yeah. 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 Which wow. is powerful in this day and age. That is a lifesaver. Why yeah, is it something sorely needed? Why is it prohibited? Why is it hidden away? These things need to be brought into the light of day. We that's all we should be talking about, I think, is because yeah. they haven't figured out a way to make a shit ton of money off of yeah, it yet. They haven't right. figured out a way to tax it and everything yet. That's that's yeah. the reason why. Yeah. It's it's yeah. true. Yeah. And the more mind expanded you are, the less likely you are to be a sheep. Of course. Right. Yeah. And you don't accept things like money and time and <laughs> other right. other bullshit local ordinances. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you know, you start. If you like Storytime with Tom and Mike or our Let's Play channel, Gaming with Tom and Mike, please consider contributing to our Patreon. For only $1 a month, you'll receive access to bonus content such as lost segments from the podcast, unaired gaming videos, behind the scenes audio and video, sketches, and more. Just go to www.patreon.com slash Tom and Mike. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. I, I, I'd like to to kind of rope Mike into the conversation here. And yeah. speaking of things I'd like, I, I don't mind getting used as payment for. Um, I want to talk about tacos for a minute. <laughs> I Which love I tacos. Take, I do take Me tacos in forms of payment. Um, you can you can pretty much con me into doing anything with a good mm. solid taco. Wow. Um. Tacos has been a big topic lately um, in with with me and in my adult children, um, my my significant other. Um, moving to Massachusetts, I was introduced to a type of taco that I don't even know how I didn't know existed living in upstate New York. Has anyone had a steak taco? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How did I live like 45, 46 years on this planet and not know what a damn steak taco was <laughs> until I moved to Massachusetts. Like, I, is that not the, the most delicious thing you've ever had in your life? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Soft. It's like the meat is just tender. Mm. And, 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 and uh, yeah. I had, no, a, I guess, oh, I was going to say, I had a brisket taco once. That Ooh. was absurdly good. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I'm it partial like to carnitas. With like a red cabbage slaw. Oh, yum. Yeah, it was really good. Give you that sharp bite, mm -hmm. a vinegar bite. That's yep. delicious. Yep, yep. 
I did fail somewhere along the line, though, in my life. Um, I, I have two adult children uh, in their 20s, and my children think that Taco Bell is a good taco. Mm. Um, I, I, I've, I've been no. trying to work on that. I've, I've been trying to introduce them to these steak tacos, but, yeah. but my kids will still do anything for a good Taco Bell taco. And Taco that kinda... Bell will do in a pinch if you absolutely have to have it. Yeah. But yeah. Oh I'll, my goodness. I'm not going to lie. My wife makes crunch wrap Supremes. Ooh. Oh my God. Wow. A wife I, that I, makes crunch wrap Supremes, a homemade crunch wrap Supreme. Oh, Oof. his wife, her food. They are fucking ridiculous. Her, sounds delicious. Her cooking skills are off. The charts. They're incredible. That's why I'm trying to lose weight because, <laughs> because so I get fed, of your I get fed very well. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, the problem for, with tacos is like I could eat like seven. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. For me, and when I make them at home, man, those things, those shits are stuffed with everything. I don't eat guacamole because I have a banana allergy and I've heard the bananas. And like people who have uh, banana allergies can't eat um, avocado. I just avoid it. That's sad. You know, yeah. it's a it sad is. thing. I know, uh, I know it is. Guacamole, good guac uh, is. No, I, I, I have a theory about guacamole. Um, I don't like, I don't like guacamole. I don't like avocados. This kills Layla. Mm -hmm. um, I could, see, I could see she was already having a reaction to it. <laughs> yes. Well, we've already had this argument. It, guacamole is heavenly. It is it, delicious. It's, it's painful to it's me not. as well. You should eat it with everything. It's fantastic. I call guacamole. Guac is the devil's secretion. <laughs> secretion. <laughs> the devil's secretion. Guac secretion is the really, devil's secretion. Really puts it there. That's <laughs> it does. adds an extra level. There's an extra yeah. layer. There, well, like. Yeah, no, yeah. I, mm. I am I am it's I delicious. Mean, for being a profoundly pro taco person, I'm willing to accept that wholeheartedly as that's a totally valid you know. No, you're an no, sure it is. valid. No. Sure it is. You don't have invalid to agree opinion. with it. I I I Hard love line. I Hard love line. guacamole. I put it on everything. We're not necessarily guacamole on everything, but I'll put avocado on pretty much anything same but but if you enjoy a taco and you don't enjoy the guac what's wrong don't don't worry about it it's cool man you know no, extra sour shell, cream shell, don't listen more, to more guac for you more yeah. guac for you blasphemy it's still <laughs> blasphemy I, like I, I can't accept it yeah mm -hmm. i like a good salsa verde like a, a green mm. salsa yeah, I'm a big fan of the any the, form. The hotter, yeah. the better. I just mm -hmm. can't do the cilantro because I am one of those people that like genetically cilantro tastes like fucking soap. soap. Yeah, it tastes like soap or dirt. Mm. Take your pick. Yeah, one of the two. Every time wow. that I've ever eaten it. Yeah, that's such a shame. You can't have man. cilantro. You can't have avocado. The one that kills me bananas. is bananas. I wish or I could bananas. have bananas. Or I ate them. I ate bananas until I was like 25. And then I had like a severe allergic reaction. My tongue swelled up, my throat swelled up and everything. And I haven't been able to eat them since then. You should probably yeah, avoid uh, kiwi as well. I believe that. Yeah. That may have. There's a yeah. lot of stuff I can't eat, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, now I, I've, I've had other things like I was allergic to veal at one point in time and I can eat that again. So I don't know. Maybe one day I keep getting tested by the hour. Just I'm hoping to be able to eat bananas again. 
I miss bananas like you would not believe. I would go bananas for some bananas right now. You know, they say sometimes you do people get allergies or grow out of allergies. Yeah. You can. Yeah, so maybe I, uh, I wish the best for you, man. I'll tell you this. I when I was in the army in like 1998, I did a panel of tests for allergies. <laughs> um, they did like a whole series of dots on my arm and it itched horribly for about a week and then they looked at it and they said well you're severely allergic to cats and da, 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 and you need to get rid of your cats well i've had in my life about 12 cats now it's been about 25 years since that uh doctor told me not to get cats and i currently have four so what the fuck does he know and you're still with us and i'm still fine in fact i'm 99 sure i'm totally immune to that now because you breathed just, in so much cat hair over exactly, 25 years. Exactly. Your body can change. And 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 determination is a big part of that, in my opinion. I too am a cat aficionado. Oh my gosh. How many cats I do got, you have? I got a fucking a passel. That's how many. How many is a passel? Uh like eight. Oh, that is a passel. I have a decent sized house and they, they break it off into quadrants. <laughs> my cats do so that uh, some of them live here and some of them are here and they all, they all get along pretty well. As long yeah. as they stay in their quadrant. Yes. As long as they stay within their quadrant, I don't, I don't allow any warring to go on in my house. Sometimes it happens. And then, you know, um, they get a stern talking to water bottle. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Well, they get sprayed with the water bottle. Yes. Or uh, sometimes I'll just, you know, I give them, I give them a look. I do that too with my cats. Yeah, I have two. I have two cats, and um, my cat's basically like this. I do it, but it, you know, makes me feel better. (laughs) They are your master. What do you call a herd of cats? Is that like a congress or something? What's a herd of cats? Herd. I don't don't know. know. That's a good question. What would a herd of cats be called? Uh, A bastard of cats. (laughs) It's called called like a, a meow. Yeah. Well, that's a cute name a, for a it. Cha- that's adorable. A, a chaos of cats. I like that even better. See, Tom yeah. and I went right for the bad, and you went for something cute, Mike. I, well, I appreciate that. I, because I love my kitty cats. That's why they're my babies. Oh, I love mine too. As long as you, as too. long as you, you know, as long as you take care of them, you yeah. know, they'll take care of you. Although I'm absolutely certain, no matter how well I take care of them, if I die in this house, they will fucking eat me. Yeah. 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 I yeah, admire though. that about them. Their steadfastness for being full. I will carnivores. be the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> now, do you have any cats that like don't like you? We have no. a cat we say is broken because she doesn't like anyone. She doesn't want to be petted. She doesn't want to cuddle. All you know, she really would rather you just die. I, I had one who passed not so long ago. Her name was Miso. And she was, I don't want to say she was feral. But she did not. She very rarely allowed us to pet her. Picking her up was not an option. So taking her to the vet was absurdly difficult. And uh, yeah, she she was not a people person at all. She tolerated us. Uh, Many times I would catch her peeking over me over at us from behind the television Plotting your death more likely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like how can how many times she pooped in your mouth while you were sleeping? Well, she's probably like, how can I get them to continue feeding me without while they're dead? While they're dead. Yeah. How's that gonna work? (laughs) I don't know if I can make that happen. 
But that's probably the only thing that saved you is she couldn't figure out how to get to the food. Yeah. I had thumbs. Yeah. Yeah. So she was, she was the, I had a cat like that and, and it was impossible, you know, and I'll tell you what, like there were many times when I felt like I should give her to somebody who could handle her better because I felt like I was doing her a disservice and that I couldn't get her to the vet and stuff. But, but I could not separate her from her litter mate who was and is still with us. um, Just the sweetest little guy. And I couldn't imagine her having to be without him. So I just ended up keeping her and just giving her the best life I possibly could. And, uh, you know, in a way she loved us just I think in her some way. just have that personality. Yeah. Like, not all cats are sweet, I guess. Yeah. We you say know, she's I, broken. Yeah. I have a cat that that is kind of the opposite needs like over attention. Um, I've had a problem uh, the last year and a half, two years where, you know, I, I have to work remote. I've, well, I don't have to work totally remote now, but I was totally remote for a year and a half and I'm now hybrid um, in my day job. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that involves having to be on Zoom meetings and, and things of that nature. And my cat has decided that he is now an employee and needs to participate <laughs> in Zoom meetings. Um, yep. When other people are talking and I'm not talking, he gets upset and decides that his ass needs to go right into the camera, um, which, you know, I'm sure you can imagine my coworkers love to see my cat's oh, yeah. ass. Um, <laughs> oh, and then yeah. he'll sit on my lap and just look at the screen and just kind of scope people out and, and make sure that we're working um, and, and earning our keep here. Uh, he, he is a Zoom whore. My cat is a Zoom whore. <laughs> if uh, I could I count it, the number of cat balloon knots I've had in my face or in the camera's way, uh, it, you know, it would be a huge number. <laughs> it seems to be one of the more positive things yeah. I think of the pandemic is seeing everyone's pets. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone's dog interrupt a meeting and then everyone has to show their dog. I love it. You know what that does? You know what I think is wonderful about that is that it humanizes someone that you might not otherwise think of in in that way. Like to to a lot of us, they're just not in our Dunbar number, you know, they're not, they're not part of our tribe. So they're just sort of peripheral people. They're like NPCs in a video game. Exactly. Yeah. And and they don't really factor into our attention. When you see that person has a dog or a cat, you're like, oh, I wonder what other things they do in their life. You know, like you start to wonder about that person. You take an interest in them. And, you know, I think that's a net positive. It's odd and counterintuitive that the lack of in you know in real life interactions has awoken in us this need to sort of humanize people more i have found myself in the last couple like year or so listening more to people i disagree with and letting them just have their space to talk and not necessarily interjecting Instead of saying, hey, I disagree with you and you're full of shit and here's why. And I found it immensely rewarding. I'm not changing anybody's opinions, but I'm learning that these 
people that I would normally almost call an enemy are just people. They're just people and they're just trying to make sense of the world and their reality tunnel and my reality tunnel don't mesh. And that's okay. That is totally okay. <laughs> as long as they have cats, if they don't have cats. Oh it's yeah. Then okay. the hell with them. Yeah. You got to tie it in with cats. Yeah. yeah. yeah if yeah. they don't have cats, <laughs> fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not, but there was this guy, this Iranian guy who decided it would be a good idea to insert a double A battery into his urethra. Why? No. Uh, what, what, do, what good comes See, of that? No, what good no, comes of that? Even, even, even ladies don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it gets worse. So he goes, he goes and gets it removed after 24 hours of pain. He finally caves in and goes and gets it removed, right? Six weeks later, he returns with difficulty urinating in pain. Well, it turns out that some of the acid had leaked out and damaged the urethra and caused scar tissue. So they had to take tissue from the inside of his mouth and his, his nose to replace the, 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 the graft, this tissue. And now he can smell every time he pees. Yeah. Oh, that sounds uh. excruciatingly painful. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not here to yuck on anyone's yum. There's safe ways. If you want to do some urethral stretching, you can do it safely. But not a battery. Not no, no, that's have, not safe. We have, <laughs> like zero about, to we have talked about urethral sounding on here so many times over the course of, of uh, what the two years we've been doing this. And yet we've never taken the leap, Mike. What the hell stopped us? And how has us? that come up so many times? I don't understand. I like, don't know, but we've never been like, hey, let's jam a double A battery down there. Yeah. Right? That, no. was, that, would, that would never be my first. Let's something filled with acid going into my penis. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you, like, you I think like you at least start at. with a vegetable or something like yeah. like a like any normal exploratory teenager. Just have, have like a like a pen or anything. My God, not a battery. Just not a just, fucking battery. Know, if you got a fucking the girth of a battery, uh, like why are you starting I, I that girthy? I am. Yeah, I was like, well, I couldn't find any D cells. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he had worked his way up to it, you know, maybe he started with like a chopstick or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and and this is a curiosity I have. You you hear about these stories, you know, I, I am a fan of reading Daily Mail online. Um, My significant other laughs at me because I, I rely on Daily Mail for all of my news. And like, Europeans do some strange shit. Like no. oh, yeah. you don't hear about Americans doing shit like that. It's Unless like, oh, yes, you do. Florida, Unless they're from man. Florida. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of Floridians that do some strange shit. Like what is wrong with people? Like, you know, I, I, the things that you hear about people sticking in their asshole, <laughs> like why? Like they make dildos mm. for that. Like, like go to Adam and Eve's website. Like they're, there's websites. There's there's porn yeah. shops. Why are you putting a champagne bottle in your ass and then wondering why it broke and you got ass glass? Ass glass. Ass no glass. one wants ass glass. 
No. <laughs> I also, yeah, ask glass. I also don't think you want to put a bottle up there because then you know that whole vacuum thing can happen and yeah. pull some things yeah, out but of but your... if you yeah. But if you clench in the least, that shit could break. Yeah. Ask glass. Like, That's why make... I don't put bottles in my asshole. It's you, precisely you, the reason why. You now, have... Do you think it's a fear of buying the proper items? Do you think people are embarrassed to buy the right things or they're just using what they have on hand? Or do you think they're going for the novelty of it? Maybe, well, maybe the urge is just so strong. The urge is just so strong at that moment that they, they just grab whatever's at hand, I think. Well, you know how when you're like doing something and it's a little off from what you normally do and you're like, ooh, this is dirty. Oh, this is bad. I like this. I'm, I'm Catholic, risky. so yes, I know what that's like. Yeah, you do. Everything it. is dirty. Everything's dirty to a Catholic. <laughs> so, Tom, Tom, what you're saying is the next time you're feeling all whatever, you're going for like a double A? Like what? Um, I'm He's going to start off with a triple A, I think. I was, I was, I was trying to put my mind into the, the my, my head into the mind of someone who probably doesn't operate on logic. So that was my first mistake. <laughs> yeah, I th- trying to, to 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 reason with someone who would think to do that. Honestly, I for me it goes back to I really do think it's shame. I think people, I think a lot of it is is yeah. shame, and and I think if we normalize think, that yeah. a little better, you know, who cares? It's sex. And I'm Catholics. I know have a problem with that, but honestly it's it's normal it's natural just let people do what they want to do as long as I'm it's not, not harming a, themselves not or someone else yeah i'm not a practicing catholic because organized religion as far as i'm concerned is fucking trash but that's just me uh but uh i can imagine you know not having a spouse that uh or or significant other that that's into your kinks and stuff could all play into that kind of stuff sure. i would think and it, it's I it's unfortunate I just feel like a lot of these really fucked up stories just happen to come from other countries. Um, I think Europe just likes to air their dirty laundry a little bit more when it comes to that kind of stuff. You you know that shit's happening here. Yeah, I just they have less shame around it too. Yeah, kinks are more normalized here. You know, you can just be like, hey, you know, I'm into BDSM, and people are like, hey, that's cool. You know, whereas you know, in some of these repressed countries, you can't just be walking down the street with a ball gag. We're here. You really can. You, See, you I'd could. Say it's yeah. Very repressed and depending here. on what neighborhood in you're in, you'll get a date doing that. That's right? true. <laughs> right. Um, I would. I. I would appreciate the hell out of seeing somebody walk around with the ball gag in. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> go get them, Tiger. I feel. I. I don't know. It seems to me that the more you. <laughs> makes something a taboo the more likely it is to to become prevalent you know what i mean like you say no like more you can't do that do it. well i don't know if you guys know the stand-up comedian doug stanhope have you ever heard of him <laughs> no he's filthy <laughs> but uh he's great he and he does this bit where he says that if Everyone had to wear gloves all the time. Hand porn would be the number one thing in the world that people are after. I think I lost audio on you guys. Oh, I'm here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You you just silenced us with hand porn. (laughs) Hand porn. Yeah. Like, be like, oh my God, look at the fingers on her. Oh my God. 
Oh, well, that's dude. like in, in Victorian times when the, the skirts were long, just the sight of an ankle was arousing. Yeah, yeah. And they used to drape cloth over furniture leggings because they were too evocative. Right. They looked too much like a, a lady's ankle. Right. Yeah. Right. That Some sexy man, couches out there. Talk about <laughs> repression. Holy crap. Exactly. What you deny people they're going to want. And these are the people doing. Were they just like yanking it to couches? Probably. I I guess. Well, I mean, Uh, like anything that that, you know, that looked anything like anything, you know, like I saw a knot in a tree today kind of looked like a boob. You know, like that was that was you didn't really need too much of a reason. I'm imagining in the days before Internet porn, it was like that, too. That and it's more of a control thing, not necessarily that anyone was yanking it to a a table leg, but just the idea that this is really sexy and I shouldn't look at it. And if you can put that idea in someone's head and make them to start to see that even where it isn't, you know, you can you can start to kind of control them because now you're trying to scare them into seeing it everywhere, even where it isn't. You know, that that knot on the tree looks like a boob. Sure. But you're not really going to jerk off to it. But if someone tells you that it's bad and then, it, you know, you're going to see it everywhere. It, personally, I just think it was a form of control, not necessarily that everyone was finding table legs sexy. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I think with it that. could go the other way too, though. I think there were definitely people who were like, mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Hey, baby. Sure. That oh, table. Everyone's got their own me, Show me your s- couch leg. <laughs> you, you can sexualize absolutely anything. Sure. Um, sure. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense to anybody else. And that's totally okay. As long as oh, it's a consenting, yeah. as long as there's all consenting. It's a consenting table leg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I always, <laughs> I always ask my table legs before yeah, get verbal I, co- permission before absolutely, going yeah. in exactly absolutely. if my sewing table could talk <laughs> oh my god <laughs> recently uh we had done an episode where I talked about Gettysburg mm-hmm. and, you know, you mm-hmm. might not believe in ghosts and the spooky and oh, the paranormal and all that, but you go to yeah. Gettysburg and, and you fucking feel it there. Like, like you feel it there, you know, that people died and it was like, you feel the death and the sadness love Gettysburg, but, but you go to Gettysburg and you feel it. Hang, along, it's like, hang around long enough and you'll see something for sure. It, yeah, it, for sure. It's permeated into the land. It's literally mm-hmm. permeated into the land there. Well, it was one of the bloodiest conflicts to ever take place on this soil. And there's so many emotional energies involved in that as well, which it permeate into some kind of fracture in time space that we just don't understand. It's some higher dimensional thing that we don't get to see properly. So to us, it just looks like or it's basically a rift in time we're seeing echoes of some event and i'll tell you a story my mom and my sister are avid ghost hunters and they live a little closer to gettysburg so they go out there a lot and go on ghost tours yeah and uh they were out there at what's called colloquially devil's den which is a big pile of rocks it's boulders and uh it's it's as a kid man we used to go climb that thing scale the sides of it jump across rocks scare my parents half to death i can't (laughs) imagine how many kids kill themselves doing that but 
I never heard anything. So maybe it was okay. But anyway, it was, it was just this great little place to hang out. But my, my sister and my mom are there. And this is when my sister was like in her early twenties. And uh, they said, my sister stopped dead in her tracks. It was kind of a foggy day and she stopped dead in her tracks. And um, she's kind of like leaning in a little bit. My mom felt a sinking in her stomach. And so she looked at what my sister was looking at. And there was this man laying on the ground wearing full Confederate garb. And the side of his face was like brutalized. Like blown off. like smashed. Yeah. And um, she said he stood up and then he walked away and he took about three steps and completely disappeared. Not into the fog. It was just Whoa. into nothingness. No way. Yeah. And wow. Um, I believe her. I believe yeah. her. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe her. And and I just, you know. There's been too many accounts from that part of the country or that part of the state um, to to ignore or to just throw, you know write it off because these aren't just happening to some someone who is is high on meth or something like that. These are normal everyday normal everyday Joe folks. Blow yeah, and so many life. people. So His many mom people and reported. sister were not smoking meth that day. That day, <laughs> never at dusk. <laughs> Never at Gettysburg. Yeah, never at Gettysburg. <laughs> Not even once. Well, that was very that was very honorable. <laughs> but yeah, so many people see that there, and and we often talk about it as sometimes those events are so powerful that it almost um, forms like a movie. It, it, those emotions that mm-hmm. that event kind of records itself replays somehow, and then it just kind of replays like a movie, like a recording over and over again that people kind of see. Yeah. And, and those are some of the hauntings that that don't necessarily interact with people. They don't do anything. They just kind of do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And, like the guy, the guy, your mother and sister saw, he could very well feel like he's still fighting in the battle doesn't know the war is over doesn't know he's dead kind of caught in that loop of time it's like a four-dimensional hologram that includes the soul of the persons involved in the situation it's i often wonder like i have no doubt that there is a soul or something like a soul and that it has a, an electromagnetic component to it, at least on this plane. And so I think about people who died in Hiroshima. What happened to that electromagnetic field? They're probably trapped like insect and amber in some chunk of time, unable to move. And I feel like that's similar to what we're seeing with ghosts, is that their soul is trapped in a, in a like a some fractal subset of time space that is local to that area, you know, an eddy in time space caused by a tremendous, tremendous grievous loss, like well, the I Civil sure, War. And that I release sure of hope, energy. Yeah. I sure as hell hope that no one has died tragically um, at the Hershey plant and that their soul was captured in a Hershey bar. Oh, God. Um, because then you know when you get eaten not only are you dead and then you get eaten like that's some bullshit like the screaming hershey bar (laughs) 
you know, we we had talked about um, some Pennsylvania folklore actually yeah. uh, prior prior to coming on, and one thing I have always, since I was a small child, have been interested in. Um, on my mother's side of the family, um, actually, we had discussed when we, when we first got on that that I am from the southern tier uh, of upstate New York, right on the Pennsylvania border. Mm-hmm. And my, my mother's side of the family um, all come from the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area. Mm-hmm. And so I am actually like in my mother's side, first generation New York out of Pennsylvania. And Hex signs were always a big thing. Yes. Um, everybody had Dutch. hex signs. The Pennsylvania Dutch hex signs. Um, mm-hmm. My one side of my grandparents' family um, actually was Pennsylvania Dutch. And it's funny because my family, like the, this was the side of the family that I thought they were going to hang me from the trees and, and, and stone me for being a witch when, when that all came about and, and came out. When in retrospect, they were the ones practicing magic and doing spells by way of these hex signs. Um, and as an older person now, I, I look back on that and kind of laugh, but hex signs are something that I think people don't understand the origin of them. They think they're just pretty things that... Right. that People from mm-hmm. Pennsylvania just paint on barns, right. but each of these symbols actually means something, and and is either doing a spell to gain something or putting something out there to to rid or ward off something. Right, and magic magic based on healing and protection, basically. I just magic based on sigils, like you were you were talking right. earlier. Like this is definitely sigil magic mm-hmm. of a type, right? And I always understood it and I Michelle understands what the symbols actually mean, but I always understood it as something that was imbued with magic because of popular belief. That's what everyone believed. Mm. And so that that gave it more energy and more power, Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of what the forms were that are on it. But it's definitely a cool form of sigil magic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's similar to, you know, if if you were to paint runes on something or paint symbols on something, um, hang a cross on the wall. Um, these folks find superstition or luck or meaning or or, or a prayer of sorts in these symbols. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that it is definitely uh, a unique piece of Pennsylvania that is is overlooked Mm -hmm. and the people who do notice it just kind of think it's silly artwork by backwoods pa folks and and actually it's kitschy yeah yeah um but it is one of the things people go there to collect right you know people like to buy the plates or the 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 quilts or something with it with the patterns on it but we always had those hanging um we always had like a, a a set of six hanging in our kitchen uh, in, in my home growing up. My grandmother had them. Um, but but down at like my great grandmother's down in down in the Wilkes-Barre area, like people had them on their mailbox, um, like on their window. Like it wasn't just the farmers and the barns. Like the people of Pennsylvania have faith in their hex signs, man. And I love it. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's really. Sorry, go ahead. I wanted to ask, do either of you have hex signs at your home? I do not know. I do. Uh, Yeah, because, well, my house was my grandparents' house. And uh, so there are some hex signs around and about. Nice. It does seem to be a little bit more still the older generation. Maybe it's kind of gotten lost. Um, So you will see it more in, in, you know, an older person's house or an older barn, that kind of thing. I don't know. I think the younger TikTok generation is really into that kind of stuff right now. So there might be a resurgence. (laughs) I think if you if you introduced the general public, well, here's the thing. It'd be kind of dangerous to do. (laughs) <laughs> but if you introduce the general public to sigil work just as a thought exper- experiment and not as magic, I think it would be co- have a huge social media impact. Once people figured out that what it is that they could use it as branding, because that's what it is in a way. It's self branding. It's it's like um, I don't know. I've noticed like for example, like graffiti. A lot of graffiti is sigil like. You know, it's very much so it's it's very low magic. Like they're basically saying this is my spot, but right. it's, it's literally called tagging. And, yeah. you know, and, and they you know, they put their tag there. And just like you said, it, it's low magic claiming a space. Yeah, but it still has that that magic because of belief, you know, the belief kind of forms that intent. Yeah. You look at it and it's impactful. It's you can tell that from. The stuff that's like garbage, you know, like like when someone has a a really well thought out tag, you know, that they can whip out done, you know, that's impressive to me. Um, Plus, it's ballsy to just go out and do that, you know, like to to put your your mark on things. Living Um, in Southern California, I, sorry to get on a tangent, but I actually love graffiti. I think it is a fantastic art form. I agree. And there's, there's so much out here. And for a little while, when I first moved here, I started looking for it in, in just the weirdest and most interesting places. And I have found some of the most beautiful. And like you said, you can tell sometimes when it was created with intent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can tell that that intent is stay the fuck back or the intent is to honor a place or a you know, person it, or exactly yeah. exactly and and when the magic is there you you can feel it even if you weren't there when it was created even if you weren't in on why it was created you can look at that and 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 understand some of you can feel that magic that energy that was put into it well and being it's, able to feel that is what makes you a magus it's what makes you a practitioner is that you recognize that because all all of us every single one of us is a magical being we're capable of yes. doing incredible things but most of us just don't know it and wouldn't know how to put it into practice if we did so we or go, might not understand it or, when they feel it that's or true or be afraid of it because power is terrifying and freedom and is terrifying and I think that's that's kind of a thing that that those hex signs suffer from. There's a there's a mass of people who believe it that don't believe that it is a magical thing, mm-hmm. but they believe in it, just not in a magical way. Yeah. And then and then you've got the folks that do believe it in that magical way, recognize it and, and embrace it. And, you know, What's the difference if you go and carve your initials of the person you love and you into a tree, or if you get a hex sign with the two doves and the heart in the middle? Right. right. You're, 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 
your intention is the same, mm-hmm. essentially. I always use the McDonald's comparison. Um, I th- I, it sounds silly, but, but hear me out. The McDonald's logo is one of the simplest, most unchanging logos of, of all time. It's instantly recognizable almost anywhere in the world. With it is everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Embedded within that simple image is a wealth of childhood memories, warm fuzzies, commercials, Ronald McDonald, trips there as a teenager when you finally had a little independence in a car and could afford to spend rat. Yeah, all that shit. All that shit wrapped into this little image that everybody thinks the same thing about when they see it that is the highest magic there is aside from motherly magic like you know familial magic that is so fucking powerful if people realized the wool that was pulled over their eyes they would riot in mass but we're all walking around hypnotized and we don't we even realize it we really are and, and even in knowing it only makes you slightly free of it because there's layers of hypnosis and layers of illusion far deeper than any of us, I think, are aware. I see the golden arches and I can already taste French fries. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's just built writ large almost into the universe at this point. McDonald's exists. It's a tulpa. <laughs> it it, it is. really is. Mm. It's become something bigger than the sum of its parts, it exists in all minds simultaneously. It is people will a thousand years from now look back at Ronald McDonald and wonder why we worship this strange God. Like, no, the- I think what they're really going to wonder is what the hell were they thinking when we worship the Hamburglar? Yeah, 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 exactly. Be like, well, that guy, <laughs> Robble, Robble, there'll be a cult, Robble, Robble. <laughs> Robo, Robo. <laughs> I mean, his belly is made out of a hamburger. No one has eaten him at this point. That big purple guy didn't eat him already. No. Grimace. Grimace the taste bun. Is that what he's supposed to be? That's what he is. He's a taste bun. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. why he hasn't bitten the hamburger in the ass yet is beyond me. <laughs> he does look kind of tasty. Are you talking? Wait, wait. Are we talking about the guy with the hamburger for a head? It's like his body. No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, you're thinking of Mayor Tom, McCheese. You're thinking of Mayor McCheese. Yes. Okay. He's the one who had the ham the cheeseburger for a head. Yeah. The hamburger was. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Either way, yeah. bite him in the ass. Eat McDon- his ass. McDonald's <laughs> land. McDonald's. Let's get some McDonald's ass eating. That's the world would be a better place if we ate a little we more all ate ass. ass. Yeah, it's true. M- McDonald's land is kind of fucked up. The more you break it apart, the more fucked up it gets. It really is. <laughs> Can I just point out that that Mike is actually um, drinking from Burger King currently? As we're talking about McDonald's. I just want to point that out. You guys are kind of famous. You've been doing this for a while. You have your gaming channel, your YouTube gaming channel, which I'd love to talk about gaming in a second here. But, you know, how do you how do you handle like, do you get 
negative comments? Do you get anyone being negative to you? You know, as mm-hmm. someone who is, um, you know, Michelle is definitely as far as the two of us goes, Michelle is the, she's the tough one. You know, she's the speak, speak her mind, say no nonsense. I'm the nice one. You know, I'm the, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the softy. How do you, how do you reconcile that as famous podcasters? Well, uh, I've never received an email from a fan ever. So <laughs> I, that's, that's how we handle it by just slipping under the radar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We have tens of listeners. Um, so we're not, I mean, we're not that famous. Uh, I would say we have maybe. We do have our boy, Jimmy, who, who always, who always critiques us. Yeah. And, Hi, Jimmy. Uh, busts my balls constantly, but yeah. I love it. And then your Keep brother, up, Jimmy. And my brother, my brother listens to everything. Nice. Yeah. So we have a couple of dedicated people. Um, and and so then just no negativity. You just it's none. not there. Yeah, there's been that. no negativity at all. Um and even if and, there was, I'd be hard pressed to to change the way we do anything because no. I'm not here to make everybody happy. I'm not unless it was an extremely bizarre or yeah. interesting email. I wouldn't even if I did read something an, egregious, that would be a different story. But I don't think anything we've ever done has been like, oh my god, I can't believe you did that. But what See, I mean, I think I think Layla would be the type where if she got a negative email that that kind of criticized anything we did, Layla would take it to heart. Whereas I'd be like, fuck those motherfuckers. No one gives a shit what they think. We're doing us, you know. <laughs> Let's just I'm gonna do me, man. If they don't fucking like it, there's 70,000 other podcasts. Whereas Layla would actually kind of be like, Oh my God, these people they said this and I can't believe it. And how do we rectify this? And I'm just kind of like, fuck it. Well, you know, there is, there is, and I understand that completely because there's, there's a million podcasts out there. They chose to listen to yours and then they chose to reach out to you and say some bullshit. They took extra time to call you out. That's fucking disgusting so for me that that stands out more than a compliment almost it's like i had to just let you know how much i think you suck so i would want to i would want to respond and turn turn you know and be like well yeah you suck too only i have the power to say it online and you don't (laughs) you know i actually there's a radio show out here that i used to to listen to that's 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 a morning show they're kind of funny um, and they do this thing where every once in a while they'll get like a really nasty email or text message. And so they do immature responses and it's like a whole bit that they do. They'll pick like three or four and then they'll do it. Uh, the most immature, dirtiest response to the person that they can think of. And they'll come up with two or three and they'll kind of vote on which one they think is the funniest. And then they'll just you know, so every time they get a criticism, not that a, criti- a criticism is good. If someone has a legit criticism, yeah. those are good. You know, those can help you grow. I like those. Those are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if someone's just being antagonistic or being, you know, cruel, you can just kind of maybe make that a bit and do a, you know, do an immature response back. Not that I would do that. I am very non-confrontational, but I think I love that idea. I think I love that idea. Straight up, if we ever got a nasty email, you'll you'll somebody's going to know about it. Well, there you go. I, That's going to be our new podcast. We'll do. I'll let Mike, <laughs> I'll let Mike handle that then, because I'm with you on the no confrontation thing. I'm not big on it. Nah. 
I like I like to be peaceable. Me too. Ask your responses by I'd Mike sit and down. Michelle. Yeah, I'd sit <laughs> down and just really burn all the wit that I had and come up with such a I am so with you, Mike. Sounding I am so sting. with you. But they just yeah. be like, oh God, I felt that one. You know, I see that would you, probably Mike. make me feel better. You know, I could listen to you guys just give them a good one back, and I'd be, I'd feel better. A little revenge well, hey, for the soul. Hey, if we ever get a, uh, you know, a Not- nasty, nasty grin from anybody, Michelle, I will be in contact with you. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I got you back, man. We could do That's it. Good. I All would right. say something back. The problem is, then they might say something back. Right, I don't want to get involved, yeah. and that gets messy. Then you have to talk to him again, and who and needs then, that? And oh, then, which gives oh. me another opportunity to be a snarky asshole. So oh, I'm down. Hey. But yeah. then, and then there's that. Moment. I do that shit all the time. Though, so there's that you, you, moment where you like you re you like you're talking to that person that you've been trolling her, who's been trolling you for the last three days, and you you find out that they're a human being, and you kind of like hit an impasse and go, all right, well, you're all right. And they go, yeah, you're all right too. And you leave the conversation feeling kind of empty. (laughs) I I did that actually. I I play world of Warcraft. uh It's something I very much enjoy. And for a while I was into it 24. I mean, my husband and I, we played World of Warcraft just for a long time. And just recently, Psychotically, we, <laughs> we did not so much now, but every once in a while, we'll get back into it for a little bit. And I had not played the Death Knight character very much. And so I, I kind of got into it and I was learning how to play the Death Knight and I was having a good time with it. And I'm in a dungeon with just a random group of people. And this guy starts trolling me through a whisper and he kept telling me how shitty I was doing. Why are you using that spell why are you using this Through and you have the wrong spec and, you the wrong, and i'm just like what the hell dude and he's just giving me a really hard time and my first instinct was to run away from it and then i started answering back i'm like dude i'm new you know what do you you know and, and i what do you mean you know what do you do you have a tip for me or are you just trying to be an asshole and after a little while he actually started calming down and being like well you know, I, I guess I was being mean and and you could do this to improve, or maybe if you did this rotation, it would work a little better. And he actually apologized to me after a little, I didn't even tell him I was a girl because I usually pretend to be a dude. <laughs> I was play. just going to say that. And I've noticed that is that, that people are not kind to females in games. No, they're not. In fact, there are groups of people who will intentionally seek them out and try to force them off servers by harassing them and, 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 and belittling them and camping them specifically targeting them in games. And I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's men suck men. Well, here's the thing. What are men so fucking afraid of? Why they, why do they have to gatekeep gaining so fucking hard? And it's yeah. a man's hobby. Yeah. Bullshit. It's a man's hobby. Have you looked at the statistics? 48% of fe- of gamers in this country are female. female. In Canada, it's 50%. Yeah. So and it's getting more and more all the time. I mean, Gaming is huge. My kids are gamers. My my youngest daughter wants to be a game designer. She's a yeah. she did our artwork actually. We need, you know, she's a fabulous artist. We need and, more women as as game developers, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I, I I think that that voice needs to be heard more. 
Um, and honestly, from the days of MUDs, multi-user dungeons, back when I first started gaming, um, you know, the the private bulletin board systems, I always pretended to be a guy because you the harassment that that you get as a female gamer is, is off the charts. I have seen the flip side too. Again, playing World of Warcraft, I was a guild leader. We we would run dungeons, you know, back when it was 40 man raids, 20 and 40 man raids. I had men and women in my in my raid and there was no problem. There was no disrespect. So you can see it both ways. I know Shell has a game and probably see a little bit of both, you know, people treating female gamers just fine and people treating them like shit. So I, I'm hoping that there's a tipping point coming is where it becomes more acceptable. It really- I, I, I have an advantage because, because my significant other plays my game too. And a lot of females in our game um, do get trolled a lot, but I don't deal with that as much because anybody says anything to me, you know, my, my significant <laughs> other, will drop his shield and go burn their castle and kill all their troops and then steal, <laughs> and then steal all their resources. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I kind of got that it. going. But, but, you know, people, and, and I do notice that it's a lot of, depending on where these folks are from around the world, can depend on the level of trolling. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely some cultural aspects involved. But there's also a lot of incels out there who are just united under a flag of false superiority. Most of them are very emotionally immature, frightened. They're terrified of women. They're terrified of the idea of their hobby being um, infiltrated infiltrated by women because that makes them, number one, not special anymore. And two, they actually have to beat a girl and if they don't then they get ridiculed like it's and it's that old stupid thing again it's that old stupid oh a girl can't be better than a boy bullshit that that we've been fed and and i mean the whole thing just reeks of this sort of boyhood like no girls allowed club it's like grow the fuck up Classic masculinity. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. It's not like there's going to be less games if you let girls play. There's enough games to go around. There's not going to be less for you. Here, you know what you can do? You can run your little meninist incel community. Call it Black Pill or whatever the hell you want. Black Pill Clan, and just you—that's your server, and that's where you go, and you stay on that fucking server and spread your filth around people who care. Because I don't want to hear it. And you know, honestly, that's a good point. Make your own fucking server. Yeah. It's another game. I played Daisy. Do you guys ever play Daisy? Yeah, I've, I've never played it, but I'm familiar with it. Oh, it's an excellent game. But you know, sometimes I I have made my own server in that game because you know, if, if there's something out there that you don't like, you are mm-hmm. certainly welcome to go and make your own and, and customize it exactly the way that you want it to. Right. And if you want to put that this is the He-Man No Girls Allowed Club, you're allowed to He-Man do that. He-Man Woman Haters. There you He-Man go. Thank you. Haters. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. I knew someone would get it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, if you want to do that, you can, you know, make the server to be your own flavor, but don't go on someone else's and, and hate on the people that are there. Well, it's just, it's, again, it's that it's not about being right or wrong. It's about ruining someone else's good time because you don't agree with it. I think it, that's the point. It's not know. that they want their own space. They want to ruin someone else's time. Yeah. Yeah. Because they hate themselves or, or something about you triggers something self-hatred in them. And instead of 
self-examining like a normal healthy human being they lash out you know and 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 what do you get from that you get a community that backs that behavior up and says yeah pat on the back did good job you you're you know you're really standing up for men's rights and when i hear the word men's rights i want to put my hands in my my face and my hands and weep because it's the most absurdly unnecessary thing to be talking about at all for any reason whatsoever, with yeah. the exception of men who are being beaten in a relationship. Aside from that, it's not a topic. It's just not. And it's <laughs> we need to stop pretending that it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's it. it... That's a that's a whole nother noodle right there. Yeah, Getting yeah. into all of that for sure. Women should be able to. Game. On... I was going to say women should be able to game untrolled, and if 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 there's men that don't like it, let's go mano y mano, castle to castle, troop yeah. for troop. You know, bring it, and 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 if I burn you, great, and if you burn me, great. Yeah, put your yeah, money the, where your mouth is. And at the end, you shake hands and say, good game. And that's how yep. if you can't do that, then I don't want to game with you anyway, because you're yeah. a shit. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, it, it, people sometimes, whether they know your your gender, whatever or not, people are still shits when it comes to losing a game. You know, mm -hmm. no one likes to lose, but there are some people who can lose more gracefully than others. And you know, yeah. you see absolute temper tantrums. We all thrown. play. We all play games because we're competitive on some level. Right. Right. The only um, person I hate losing to is my son, and then when I do lose to him, I'm like, yeah, well, I fuck your mom. <laughs> and then and then he's like whoa that's disgusting and i'm like i know right that's when your mom jokes just definitely cross the line <laughs> right right see this is what we I'm should just put. kidding i never okay i have mike we should <laughs> we should just cut this bit and give it to brandon because that was <laughs> exactly what he was that looking. was what he wanted yeah, yeah he wanted something with your mom that was abrasive yeah our friend our friend brandon um does a podcast called space cloud and he's in Austin this week. And he's like, can I'm going to give you uh, my login. Can you please upload my, my, my podcast for me? I wanted you to tweak a couple of things. And I was like, yeah. So I tweaked him. He's like, do you think there's a lot of the word mother appearing in different sequences in this, in this episode? And You're the right one <laughs> you almost choked. And this one sequence that I have in there doesn't quite fit. Do you and Mike think you could record something using the word mother in it? And so for an hour, well, at least a half an hour. Before it was about you guys, a half an hour. Yeah, we were brainstorming on ideas to do. And it was just fucking terrible. Terrible. All and your mother jokes. All just different attempts at mother jokes. And <laughs> we're actually like anti anti jokes. Yeah, we did anti jokes a little you bit. Know. But then Mike's explanation ex exclamation there a moment ago was actually exactly what we were looking for. <laughs> so what we usually do, um, and we we changed this a little bit. Uh, what we used to do is we would interrupt somebody mid conversation. Um, to uh end the show so basically like 
Mike will interject and say, um, I'm sorry, but we're out of time. So that's going to have to be a story for another time. And then I go into the exit piece. Um, and then after I say uh, the exit piece, like uh, giving it to you, uh, he'll say something pithy. Uh, like giving it to you, like giving you all those oranges that I gave you or something, whatever. I don't know. I'm not very good at it. That was the Mr. worst example. Mike's wisdom, the wisdom Mike, of Mike. Right. Yeah. You, you guys have heard it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now recently, However, yes, recently he wanted to try something different, which was to have the guests do the interrupting. Oh, so I would like, oh, right, to, like interrupting cow. <laughs> yeah. So you could extend, I could extend that uh, to whomever one of you wants. And to you interrupt. can even do the giving it to you part. Yeah. Make sure that it's worthy, 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 worthy. Worthy sounds sounds like the name of some old woman from like Germany. Oh, it's worthy. Did you get a contact Zoom high from all of Tom's and my pot over here? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) So what were you smoking, Tom? When Shell and I, when we talked, what what were you smoking this evening? I am smoking a sativa. I don't know the name of it. I think it's like blue cheese. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, it's it's a mostly a sativa with a, a little kick of of indica, which I like. I'm sort of I bounce back and forth between which which I like in terms of like sure you know like it depends on my mood sometimes. It also depends on what's available. Right, you know, it you know. really does. In in the state, wait, like wait, I thought I thought we were supposed to end this thing. Aren't we out of time? <laughs> that, like what the hell? We're out of time, guys. Talk about your weed another day. I can talk about weed all night. Good point. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. He likes giving it. To, can can you give us weed? Speaking of things you want to give to us. <laughs> <laughs> no.